He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Layup with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams with you today. And T-Dub, we have the DP World Tour Championship, which is definitely the best field in golf this week. And T-Dub, we also have Taylor Gooch defending his title at the RSM. Oh, wait, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think the odds of that are very, very slim (laughs) from happening. (laughs) But does it not feel like five years ago that, that TG won that tournament? It does not feel like only a year ago that that happened. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Imagine how much stuff, or I guess, you know, look back on how much stuff has gone on since TG won down there at Sea Island. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. But Tita Rory McElroy has a 26% chance to win a golf tournament that John Rahm, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, Victor Hobbs, and Terrell Hatton are all in. Now, it's a top-loaded field, but do you agree that Rory McIlroy has a 26% chance to win this golf tournament? Well, Sam, I feel like we've kind of entered into a time machine at this point. Remember about a month ago at the CJ Cup, we were yes, pretty sir. much asking this exact same question. <laughs> and won. we both said, no, no, there's no way Rory should be that high. I mean, this feels just too good. There's too many good players. There's no way. And what happened? Rory went out and won the damn tournament. So, at this point, no, I'm not going to say that's not the case. But it is a pretty strong field, though, Sam. you got Rory, Rom, Hovland, Matty Fitz, Tommy uh, Fleetwood, who just won down uh, at Gary Player Country Club, Shane Lowry, Terrell Hatton, Jordan Smith, Ryan Fox, who finished second down there. So pretty top-heavy field. Gets a little bit less uh, down from there, Sam. But uh, I- I'll go ahead and say this. If I had to, if I had to pick, because if you add up uh, Rory, Rom's, and uh, Matty Fitz's chances, they both add up to, I think, like 53%. Uh, for those three players. So I, I feel like a decent bet would be if you want to make with someone, would you pick those three players or the field? And I would definitely lean towards taking those three players. I expect one of them to uh, come out and play pretty well, especially since all three of them have really good uh, course history here. John Rahman, 12 rounds uh, here, so that's three times. He's gained 3.38 shots on the field, which is uh, number one by far. Rory McIlroy's second. He's played a lot more rounds here. Hasn't won here, I believe, in like five or six years. But but last year, Sam, I believe it was last year, we had the uh, notorious uh, Rory ripping his shirt apart like the Hulk. So maybe he can get a little <laughs> bit of, of redemption there. But uh, I definitely expect it to be a pretty uh, top-heavy field this week, Sam. A lot of really good players playing. Absolutely, T-Dub. And it's at Jumeirah Golf Estates in Dubai. And right now, T-Dub, it's 10.43 local time here in Oklahoma in the central time zone. It's 8 8- 43 p.m. in Dubai, so it's 10 hours ahead. Kind of a tough golf-watching experience for us this week if we want to watch John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, and the likes. Uh, 100% it is. Uh, definitely in the first Thursday or Friday, they may have some some late-night coverage. You could maybe catch it at midnight or 1 in the morning, something like that that starts. But but generally, especially on the weekend, the, the leaders aren't going to finish till probably what? So that'd be... Let's just say it's six o'clock their time, so that's what uh, eight a.m. here. That that type of thing. So it's right. uh, 
yeah, it's definitely definitely a rough experience. Not not like the live where we can just go on YouTube after and watch the facts. So we'll have to find some other ways to uh, to watch it. It's, it's definitely one of those tournaments that generally, whenever you have the best tournament of the week, Sam, you like to sit down and watch a good majority of the tournament when it's going on. But that's that's hard to do this week just because you're going to have to essentially flip your sleep cycle on it on its head. Uh, completely backwards if you, if you want to do it. But, uh, you know, this, this tournament ends up being uh, usually pretty interesting. Colin Morikawa won last year, not there this year um, to defend his title. But uh, I do expect another uh, great player to come out and lead it. So if you have some insomnia or you're, you're on a late-night bender and you want to stay up and watch some golf, it's a perfect occasion for it. No doubt about it. And Colin Morikawa, who you mentioned, tweeted this out yesterday, said, I was looking forward to returning to Dubai to defend my DP World Tour Championship title, but unfortunately, I will not make it back due to some upcoming personal commitments. Last year was such a special moment in my career, and I look forward to getting back there in the future. But T-Dub, let's talk about some of the guys that are there, and that's John Rahm. Last last time we saw John Rahm tee it up was at the CJ Cup in South Carolina where he finished tied for fourth and he gained strokes almost a full shot uh, in every single category. T-Dub just didn't get the win at the CJ Cup. I expect to see John Rahm play some really solid golf. He's one of those guys that continues to practice all year round and not necessarily one to really take a whole lot of time off it seems. Well, John Ramos' this tournament, Sam, has just been absolutely exceptional. I mentioned his uh, strokes gained here, but he's played here three times, won here twice back in 2017 and, and 2019, and finished fourth, sandwiched in between there in, in 2018. So he definitely really likes this golf course. And one thing that's really in particular about it, Sam, is, is that he's always putted well here. He's never gained less than .96 shots uh, on the greens here. So it's one of those places that he loves how to putt. And, and with how well he's been uh, hitting, hitting his driver like he always does, Sam, if he finds courses that he can putt well on, that's definitely the place. And even look at how he's putted recently, going all the way back to the Open Championship. He's gained strokes on the green in his last six tournaments. And in the last five of them, he's gained more than more than 1.2 shots. So, Brom on his good form with his putter and his drivers as always, always is. And going on a course where he's putted well and had success. I know we just talked earlier about Rory, and I'm saying I'm not going to fade him. But, but Rom's got to be a, a very heavy target this week, doesn't he, Sam? I think he does. To me, he is the favorite in this golf tournament, mainly because we saw Rory win last time he teed it up. So I'm thinking, you know, law of averages says take Rom in this one. Let's go to the third favorite, T-Dub. I'm talking about Matthew Fitzpatrick. And I have an interesting question to ask you because he's been fairly inconsistent since he won the U.S. Open last year. And let me just read off his finishes. After the U.S. Open, he went tied for sixth, 21st, tied for fifth, 48th, tied for 15th, 42nd, uh, solo second, tied for 22nd, and missed cut. And then to start 2023, 20, he finished tied for 13th at the CJ Cup. So is this going to be an up week or a down week for Matty Fitz? Well, you look at how he's done recently, Sam, in those tournaments. As you mentioned, two of his last uh, two of his last five events, or two of his last six events, I mean, he, he's had some of his worst iron play that he's had over his last five years. So, it, it, mm-hmm. But in between there, he's had good rounds as well. So... It, it, it seems like his ball strike has been a little bit streaky since since he won the Open, as you're alluding to. So it, his driver has been – that really hasn't been the problem with the exception of maybe one event. But but the irons have definitely not been as solid as they were, even leading up before when he won at, at the Open. His short game's still there. Putting has been a little bit off and on. But but looking at how he's done at this course, saying very similar to Rom, there's – in five events where strokes gain were counted here, he's played here seven times. 
but but in the five that's counted, he's never lost more than uh, or he's gained point eight four shots on the green at least in every single one of those times. Last year, he gained two point one nine on the green. So I I don't expect Matty Fitz to win. I expect uh, Rory or Rom uh, to to have that title when it comes uh, Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning here. I guess, but I do expect uh, Matty Fitz to stay up there and play well. I, I just don't expect he's going to be on all cylinders to go out there and beat one of those uh, top two dogs. I would definitely agree with you on that. Let's go to the next guy. That's Shane Lowry, T-Dub. And Shane Lowry's an interesting player to kind of prognosticate because the putter is so streaky. We saw a stretch from the RBC Canadian Open to the Wyndham Championship last year where he lost strokes on the greens five tournaments in a row. And then to start 2023, T-Dub, he loses .34 shots on the greens and finishes tied for 23rd, which means that he hit the ball great and putted horrible at the CJ Cup. I don't necessarily trust Shane Lowry putting money on him at least. I, I wouldn't either at this point, Sam. Just He, he did win the BMW a couple weeks ago, or, or I guess it was probably about a month and a half ago now, but he played really well at, at Wentworth. But since then, missed the cut and finished 23rd at, at the CJ Cup. And this similar to, to Rahm and Matty Fitz earlier, this is a course to where he's had, a, he's had two good putting rounds at, at this course, and he's had two very iffy putting rounds at, at, at this golf course. He's played here, I believe, nine times. He has like a, a ninth, a twelfth, a thirtieth, a second in there, and a fifth. But he also has a nineteenth, a forty-eighth, and a thirty-ninth. So very, very streaky at this golf course. I expect him to somewhere probably be around the the, the top ten, top fifteen mark. But uh, he's definitely because he's getting included up in the upper echelon of guys that we had just talked about recently. I, I would probably get him a little bit lower than especially those top three guys that we just talked about. I would expect Shane Lowry to be, uh, and you might be able to get some better odds on him because of that, but. I feel like you need a little bit worse odds, at least from what I'm seeing, if you want to lay some money on Shane Lowry this week. Yeah, Shane Lowry seems like a guy that's always pretty high up there in the betting odds, you know, and I think that's because of the analytics, and he has a lot of good tournaments where he he always strikes the ball well, and he has enough good putting weeks to where it makes him one of those favorites. I'm just saying I don't necessarily trust the guy as much as some other guys up here, like a Matty Fitz, for instance, and I just talked about how Matty Fitz is up and down, but the putter is never up and down with Matty Fitz. And so um, I, I might go, if if there was a uh, player matchup, I'd go Matty Fitz over Shane Lowry this week. Um, T-Dub, we're going to talk about Oklahoma guys winning uh, historically on this week, but that's at the RSM with Robert Streb and Taylor Gooch. They've won there in the past. Victor Hovland is not playing in the RSM. He's playing in the DP World Tour Championship here in Dubai. And T-Dub, we've seen a little bit of a, a, a better play from Victor Hovland to start out 2023. He finished tied for fifth at the Zozo. He finished 21st at the CJ Cup, but the silver lining about that golf tournament was he almost gained a full shot, T-Dub, around the greens, and then he finishes tied for 10th at the Worldwide Technology Championship. I think I see Victor Hovland's game trending in the right direction. It, it, it's such a positive sign that his short game is starting to come around. You alluded to it at the, at the CJ Cup, but even going back to last year, I believe in, in five of his last seven tournaments, he's gained shots uh, around the greens, which is absolutely exceptional for him. But one thing I am a little worried about, Sam, is in, in three of his last five tournaments that where strokes gain was counted, he lost shots to approach the green, which yes, is something did. that we 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 never see that right. And and even at the Italian Open, he lost almost a full shot approach. That's not just yep. barely losing shots. That's that's horrible iron play. So 
maybe there's something going on with, with his swing. I need to look out a little bit further, see if I see anything. But uh, maybe he's dealing maybe. with something there. Maybe maybe he's just been focusing a lot more on the short game, so it takes a little bit away from from the ball star. Who knows? Maybe just the the, the, the three weeks or whatever he might have had the cold or a bug or something. We don't know. So, but but the other sign that's encouraging though is that the weeks that he hasn't lost strokes gain approach, he's gaining a lot. He's gaining 0.86, 2.1, and 1.7. So there's something about the streakiness in there. I'll, I'll say that if he does have one of the really good uh, ball striking iron uh, iron tournaments, I expect him to be a, a top five finisher for sure because he only, has only played here once. Sam finished tied third back here in 2020. So I definitely expect Hovland to play well, but I'm still not at the point to where I would want to bet on him to win over Rom Rory. I totally agree with you. I will say that it doesn't necessarily bother me that he has struggled a little bit with the irons lately. He's going to get that figured out. What I'm saying is it's a huge, huge deal that he has gained shots around the greens. It means he's figuring something out. It, for him to finish, what, tied for fifth, tied for 34th, and uh, what did he finish at the CJ Cup, uh, T-Dub? Tied for 21st when he lost .36 uh, strokes gained approach, and obviously at the Worldwide technology in the Zozo. They didn't keep track of strokes gained, but he finished tied for fifth and tenth. So, to me, the ball striking doesn't worry me whatsoever and the short game trending in the right direction really encourages me. Well, and also something too that we need to highlight is, in his last seven strokes gained tournaments, he's gained strokes on the greens. I mean, he's putting absolutely exceptionally a lot better than he was especially at the at the Ryder Cup last year where both of us were very critical of the putting stroke he had and and we're talking about the iron play hadn't been there, but there's only been one tournament out of the last eight or nine where he's lost strokes gain off the tee. So his driver's still there. Just those couple weeks where the irons aren't there. But I completely agree. I mean, our very own Woody's talked about how much he sees hobbling out, out at Oak Tree working on his short game. So we know that he understands what he needs to work on and get better at. And that's starting to pay dividends at this point. And, I mean, Hovland feels like a veteran at this point, Sam. But let's remember, he's only 25 years old. I mean, this kid has... 20, 25 more years of some really, really good golf ahead of him if he chooses it to. So, yeah, Hovland's going to be absolutely fine, and you're 100% right. If he's able to get that short game right, his swing is going to come back if he loses it for for a tournament or two. It'll come back eventually. So, Hovland is definitely going to be someone you want to buy stock in for the next five or ten years, no doubt about it. One guy whose game is trending T-Dub in the right direction, to me at least, is Terrell Hatton. He gained 1.44, almost a shot and a half, on the greens at the CJ Cup last time he teed it up. Now, he finished tied for 13th, so he wasn't necessarily in contention, but his official world golf ranking is 29th, and his data golf ranking is 26th. I always like guys whose data golf ranking is better than their official world golf ranking. I expect Terrell Hatton to have a good week this week in a solid 2023 I, I expect him to have a pretty solid year as well one thing that i find a little bit alarming about hatton is he's had a lot of good analytical weeks but sam he hasn't had a top five going all the way back to uh, to the arnold palmer championship last year Why so do you i mean think that he's, is he's, you know looking at it, it it seems like every single week there's just been one thing that's been off so for example uh he finished uh 37th at wells fargo gained shots in every category except for irons and, and then you go to the Genesis Scottish Open, uh, finished 24th, gained shots in every category except around the green. So it just seems like each week there's been one thing that's held him back. Another example here, FedEx St. Jude Classic finished 31st, gained shots in every area except off the tee. So he's he's got some areas to where he's good, but he just needs to have a week to where he, he pieces everything together, which he did at the Arnold Palmer Championship like I talked about. He gained shots 
in, in every category that week. So if he just has the weeks where he gets everything clicking, he's going to have very solid weeks. But it seems like the weeks that he plays off, Sam, there's just one area that goes bad. And let's not forget the type of temper that that hat has. I feel like that there's probably some things there that make him hit a bad shot and it will transcend onto the next shot that he hits and not able to uh, to kind of brush it off. That's just what I see um, for the television screen. So if he can get over those things, I think he'll be good. But there's definitely something that's still holding him back. T-Dub, give me a dark horse for this week. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and start that off. Uh, one of my former ruse is in this golf tournament, T-Dub, and that is Antoine Rosner. And Now, he has a 42.2% chance to finish top 20 in this golf tournament, and Data, Data Golf gives him a 7.6% chance to finish in the top five. He is one of those guys that's super talented, great ball striker. He just needs to learn how to score a little bit better to become an elite player on the European Tour, on the DP World Tour. I feel like he's not the worst in the world to, to put some long shot 10 bucks on uh, for this week in Dubai. I, I definitely like that pick, Sam. I think that's a, a very, very solid there. And, you know, you got to stick with our ruse, Sam. I know if Woody was on the show, he would definitely be going with the with the kangaroos, there's no doubt about That's it. Right. Uh, a guy, <laughs> a guy that, that no one's really talking about, who I think will have a solid week. Still, once again, not predicting the win, but I think will play solid. That's uh, Bobby Mack. I mean, he's played this course pretty well. He's finished fourth, twenty third, and fourteenth, and he's just been playing a lot of golf recently. Sam finished thirty second, eighteenth, ninth, twentieth, eighth, one back at the Italian Open uh, a few uh, about a month ago. So been playing, been playing a lot of golf. So I think he's fresh. Um, he's he's kind of like Hatton where he has kind of off weeks in certain category, but if he can hit every single category, uh, he's going to have a very solid week. And, uh, I, I expect him to have a little bit of that. I feel like Bobby Mack's someone you could lay a, a top five bet on for a little bit of plus money that could return your investment. And you're going with Rory or Rom? Oh, it's so tough. I, I, I'll probably just go with Rory. I know, like you said, he won last time I'll do it, but as you mentioned earlier at the start of the show, he. Last time he had this high percentage, we were like, what in the world is going on? How is this possible? And he ended up winning. So I, right. I'm going to stick with Rory. He's, according to analytics, he's by far the best player in the game right now. So I bet against him last time he played. That wasn't smart. I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to go with Rory. I'll take Rom just to make it fun. Uh, I really do think Rom will beat Rory this week. You could probably get some plus money on that uh, in a player matchup if you wanted to bet on that. So, um, you know, anytime I can get John Rom in plus money, I'll do it, even if it's a, even if it's against Rory McIlroy. Uh, T Dub, let's go to the RSM Classic at Sea Island and. Normally, we talk about top-heavy fields on the PGA Tour, and then, you know, obviously, it just kind of fills out from there. This week, I don't even know if I can consider this top-heavy. Brian Harmon uh, is your favorite. Mr. Consistent has a 5% chance to win the golf tournament. Jason Day, Tom Hoagie, Keith Mitchell, and Taylor Montgomery round out your top five, T-Dub. Yeah, and Tony Fina was in the field at the start of this week, but after him winning down in Houston, he decided uh, mm -hmm. to withdraw, and rightfully so. So that leaves, like you said, Brian Harmon as the favorite and, and a pretty decent favorite at, at that. He's at, uh, on, on the point projections on, on DraftKings at 79.2, and the next best is Jason Day at, at 75.5. So that's a, a decent amount of point gap from first and second place. So the, the analytics really like Brian Harmon this week. And, I mean, rightfully so. He finished second last time we saw him at uh, – at the uh, Worldwide Technology Open. So, I mean, he's just been playing really solid golf, and this is a course 
that, that, that fits him exceptionally well. So I definitely expect uh, – I and once again, I'm going pretty top-heavy this week. I'd go with Brian Harmon uh, to win this tournament, Sam, even though as much as I would love to see Jason Day win because he's the number one player that I'm looking forward to, uh, to have a, a rebound career because I just love watching him play good golf. The one thing I don't like about Brian Harmon is last year at the RSM, he finished tied for 61st and lost strokes in every category except for putting. Uh, so I don't necessarily, maybe it's just the recent form, recent consistency from Brian Harmon, you know, finishing uh, tied for third at the FedEx St. Jude. What, what is it? Why, why is he such a big favorite this week? Well, well, one thing I look back and I look at it, Sam, and from the Shriners tournament last year going all the way till essentially the American Express where he finished third, all the tournaments in between there, he, he essentially lost strokes in every category except putty. So there was something going on with his game during mm-hmm. that stretch right. um, that was off. But I, I just feel like that that's really a course fit thing. As we've talked about with, with Brian Harmon, he's one of the straightest uh, players in the game, one of the best putters, and that's something you're going to need to have out there. And also, too, he has a fairly lower ball flight, which can be very, very beneficial if you know how to play and win, as we saw Taylor Gooch last year, who won and should be defending his title if he, if he so choose to. And uh, so if knowing how to play and win will benefit you a lot that course, and I think that Brian Harmon uh, has, has a good game that, that suits in the win. And just with how good his putting is, it's, it's hard to see where he's going to have uh, bad tournaments. And he's just played so well his last three events to start this year, Sam, that uh, I just think everything's pointing in his direction. T-Dub, Jason Day, who I mentioned is the second favorite on Data Golf for the RSM, his official World Golf ranking is 113. His Data Golf ranking, T-Dub, is 36th in the world right now. And if I look at his chart, his graph from 2017 until now, it literally looks like the stock market, just almost consistently straight down right but then here in the last few months it's trending straight up for Jason Day and he missed the cut at the Fortnite championship the Fortnite championship but then he finished tied for 8th 11th tied for 21st and tied for 16th to start off his 2023 season Jason Day is striking the ball very consistently gaining over a full shot strokes gained approach this year on average. Well, we, we look back to when Jason Day played his best golf 2015-2016 range. He's one of the best drivers in the game in golf, and he's one of the best iron players as well. And everyone talked about how great he was at putting. He was just so solid in every aspect, but it was really his iron game and his, uh, at least in 2015, his driving, which is what propelled him to do it. His putting got really good in, in 2016, one of the best putting years we've ever seen but as you mentioned Sam his iron plays so much better because the last three years he's lost strokes gain approach to green and the two years before that he barely gained shots so his iron play has been on a very very steady decline over the last few years but it seems like he's figured out something the last couple of weeks it seemed like just from what I saw I watched a decent amount of him at the Shriners and it, it seemed like he, he was just healthier it seemed like he was able to turn through the ball better than he was during that stretch when he was playing bad still nowhere close to how fast he was in 2015-2016. But it seemed like he was getting better. And unfortunately for Jason Day at this point of his career, it's at the same point that Tiger is, where he could have any setback at any point of any tournament. And it could shoot him out, and it could shoot him out of tournaments for an extended point of time. And unfortunately, with how bad his back has been, it could be career-ending at some point. So we definitely need to relish in the good golf that Jason Day is playing. And you brought it up there, that the distinction between his world golf ranking and his analytic rating shows that his golf game's in the right direction and maybe someone that we need to look at in some of the bigger tournaments going into 2023. 
T-Dub, and then the third and fourth favorites on Data Golf for this tournament. Uh, well, I guess the third is Tom Hoagie. And then I want to get to the fourth and fifth favorites for the RSM. That's Keith Mitchell and Taylor Montgomery. And those are two very similar players, two of the best drivers of the golf ball on the PGA Tour. If I'm sitting there trying to put some money on a little bit uh, of a long shot, considering that Jason Day and Brian Harmon have played so well lately, which one are you going with between Keith Mitchell and Taylor Montgomery? Uh, Sam, I'm probably going to lean towards the, the Keith Mitchell uh, uh, side just because Taylor has never played this golf course, but uh, Keith Mitchell has. He's made the cut four out of five times. Two of those times were top 15. And, and two and two times, even one time when he missed the cut, he gained shot on the green. So he, he def- gained more than a full shot on the green is what I meant to say. So he can definitely putt this course well, and, and he, he's gained more than half a shot off the tee at this course every time, which he generally does most of the time, but it's just an indicator that he's comfortable with the tee shots and the visual lines out there. So I, if it's a, it's one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. So I'd probably lean towards Mitchell just, a, just slightly in that head-to-head matchup. T-Dub, so the last two years, we've had Robert Streb and Taylor Gooch win this golf tournament, obviously with huge Oklahoma ties. Does that mean that Taylor Moore possibly gets his first win on the PGA Tour? I'm kind of thinking Taylor Moore or Wyndham Clark if we're going the historical route. Well, you know, Sam, if we look at the, uh, the course history here of everyone in the field, so they play two different courses during this tournament. I want to point that out. There's a plantation and a seaside course. The seaside course is the course that they play the three out of the four rounds. And last year, Sam uh, Taylor Moore on those three rounds gained 2.49 shots on, on the field in, in those three rounds. So he definitely li- likes that golf course. And I do expect Taylor Moore to have a very solid week. He's just been playing so well a- as of late. And I expect that trend uh, to keep going forward. You, you mentioned earlier, Jason Day, how his, uh, his chart looks like it was going down and there's a little bit of an up. Coming up, Taylor Moore's is going straight up right now at this point. So he's trending so solidly in the right direction. Has been putting exceptionally well three out of his last five tournaments. He's gained more than .7 uh, shots putting. So, yeah, I, and he gained .7 shots uh, putting here last year. Actually gained strokes in every category at the RSM where he finished T8. So, yeah, I definitely expect Taylor Moore to have a very solid week, a very high finish. If you get some decent money on him for a top 10, I think that's a very solid bet. Yeah, and if Robert Strev expects to win this golf tournament for the third time, uh, he's going to have to find lightning in a bottle. Uh, I do have to mention that he's missed four out of six cuts to start off his 2023 season, but we've seen Robert Strev do it in the past where he gets on a place where he's comfortable and he wins the golf tournament all of a sudden. And, and, and one thing about Strev, too, is that the difference is that in the five tournaments or the six tournaments he's played so far this year, he's lo- losing strokes around the greens and putting. So he, if he can get that figured out, that'll be okay. But the silver lining is uh, t- three out of his last or two out of his last three strokes game tournaments. He he's gained point nine, uh, gained point four nine or more approach. So if he can get that figured out, he'll be all right. He was hitting his driver pretty solid his last few tournaments at the end of twenty twenty two. So just seems like Shred's kind of in a little bit of a puzzle piece right now. He'll he'll have one aspect of his game figured out, and then something else will kind of uh, kind of fade away. So. Maybe he can just get everything everything pieced together for one tournament and maybe see some magic, magic like we saw back in uh, 2021. No doubt about it. And the other Oklahoma guys in this golf tournament are Chris Goderup, Max McGreevy, and Kevin Tway. Am I missing anybody with Oklahoma ties, T-Dub? Maybe Brian Harmon, I guess Scott Tway. He's the favorite. Uh, am I missing anybody else with Oklahoma ties that are in this golf tournament? 
Well, you, you, yeah, we definitely got to throw the uh, the caddies out there, Scott Toy. So definitely some some Oklahoma ties in that group. Um, no one that I'm seeing just scrolling through here real fast. Um, I guess you could throw Wyndham Clark in there because he played three years at, at Oklahoma State. But uh, when you're a trader and go to to Oregon, I, th- I think that changes it up a little bit. So so no one else that I've seen in here so far. But there is a chance that we just scroll through and miss someone. No doubt about it, T Dub. Let's go ahead and take a break here on the 73rd hole. And after the break, oh, Sam, Sam, go ahead. Sam Stevens, Sam Stevens, Sam, Sam Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, I just saw yeah absolutely. We need. To I knew we were missing someone. We need to mention the the APT goat in Sam Stevens uh, from Wichita, Kansas, the Dirty Dub, but played a bunch of Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour stuff in his college golf at Oklahoma State. Uh, yes, T Dub. Let's go ahead and take a break. Speaking of Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. It is Bedlam week here in the state of Oklahoma, and we have an interesting little uh, draft that we will do after the break uh, for Bedlam week. So definitely stay tuned for that on the other side of the break here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. And we are back rolling along here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And go to GolfOklahoma.org. Right now on GolfOklahoma.org, you can see all of the signees. And there's a story on the new OCU head women's coach, Josh Gorsney, who is now the coach and replaces Marty McCauley, who was dismissed in the middle of the fall season. Uh, T-Dub, what do you think about the Stars, who are pretty dominant in women's golf? What do you think about the Stars getting this new head coach, Josh Gorsney? Yeah, one of the most dominant women's programs really at any level that you see. And yeah, it was a very unexpected, uh, you know, coaching change they had to make, especially at the time of year. So yeah, I think it's a great hire for them. I, I don't expect um, OCE to have really any setbacks going forward. They may not be as dominant for maybe a year or two, but uh, I expect them uh, to get around uh, steamroll. And that's just uh, that women's program there just has a tradition that's hard to match. And, and obviously if you get someone who's a complete idiot in there, they, they, they won't succeed, but uh, I don't expect that. I don't think that's the case. In this aspect, also, I expect OCU to uh, to maybe miss a gear or two for for a year or two, but uh, over the over the course of 
of a duration of five, five, ten years, I don't expect him to miss a beat hardly at all. No doubt about it. And, you know, for OCU, it all comes down to recruiting, right? And those uh, European connections and the Oklahoma connection have been really good to OCU and men's and women's golf in the past. So that's golfoklahoma.org. Also, follow us on at the 73rd hole on Twitter and at 73rd hole on Instagram. And speaking of technology, T-Dub, the PGA Tour has revamped its app. And so... Coming with that revamped app, I downloaded and I updated and basically had to update it and delete the app like three different times until it worked. However, the first question it asked me when I loaded into this new PGA Tour app, T-Dub, it says, what is your favorite tour? And it lists the PGA Tour, the Champions Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour Canada, and PGA Tour Latin America. Now, there's one glaring tour <laughs> that I don't see on there, and it's not live. It's the LPGA Tour. Why would why would they not have the LPGA Tour listed there, T-Dub? Uh, and number two, I tweeted out, they're asking me the tough questions right off the bat here on this PGA Tour app. I'm trying to give them credit for revamping their app, and the first question they ask me is the toughest question in golf right now. What is your favorite tour, T-Dub? <laughs> I, I would love to see the, the analytics on just what percentage of people didn't click PGA Tour. Like, like what would be the reasoning of that? You would have to be a, Fred, a relative of Fred Couples or, or playing on the Latin Tour to, to select any of those other ones. There's no way that you're not going to say the PGA Tour um, is your favorite. The, the only thing I, I think right there, Sam, when you mentioned the LPGA Tour, I, I think the LPGA has its own app, so that's probably the reason that it's okay. not in there. So you'd have to click on because there is this part on there where they actually have DP World Tour and the LPGA on there. No live to be seen, obviously, but uh, those two are on there. And what they'll do is it clicks on it and it goes to to that distinguished app because I guess they're they're big enough to where they can have uh, their own product. But uh, but yeah, it, it is a t- apparently a tough question. But I want to see. There's no way it's not 95 percent or 98 percent like PGA Tour, right? No, it absolutely has to be, T-Dub. And there are some good things about this app. I'm excited to see what they do, not only with the, the shot tracking and stuff like that, um, but the stats. Like, there's a bunch of different stats you can choose from. Uh, strokes gain stats, obviously, were on there before, but you can now see things such as like club head speed. You can see that Chris Goderup is third on the PGA Tour right now in club head speed at 26.05 miles per hour. Uh, I like to see stuff like that it's pretty uh pretty entertaining to a golf nerd like me i 100 agree with that say i will say that the app i think it was a very good update in my opinion it, it it looks sleeker it looks more modern the app before it seemed slower and seemed like it was built in 2006 or something like that and and now this one looks pretty modern like you said it has some some stats you can look up it seems easier to to click on the leaderboard and go through and find everything that you want so I know that we, we've been critical of the PGA Tour at times, Sam, but, uh, and this isn't something monumental by any stretch of imagination, but I do feel like this app upgrade is, is a step in the right direction. No doubt about it. And speaking of uh, being critical, we heard Rory McIlroy come out over this past week and call out Greg Norman to leave Live Golf. He said, I think Greg needs to go. I think he just needs to exit stage left. Now, Rory also said that it's probably time that Liv and the PGA Tour have some discussions, but to me, I feel like Rory McIlroy is kind of 
pulling an ego card here saying, yeah, we'll have conversations if Greg is gone, right? It, it Doesn't it seem like that to you? It seems like the way that it was phrased is, is that the PJ Tour and Liv may be able to get something worked out together if there was someone different besides Greg um, running run Liv. And, and I know there's the rumor, what, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, where Liv was apparently interviewing the, the former TaylorMade CEO as a chance to take Greg Norman's spot, but Liv came out and, and denied those reports for my um, understanding. So, uh, so yeah, it's it, it is it's interesting because I don't think that I don't think that's true. I don't think that Liv and, and PJ Tour would magically figure out some kumbaya if there was someone different besides Greg Norman there. I understand that that Greg wanted to create uh, the World Tour back in the '90s, so there was already feud between Greg and the PJ Tour. I get that, but I don't think that's the main hiccup in this deal. I feel like the PJ Tour is already pretty much dug its own grave in this aspect. They already ripped and talked all the bad things about Liv that, that they can't really retract on those things or else they look like hypocrites because they tried to slander Liv in, in any way they could. So it's uh, I don't think swapping Greg out for anyone else is magically going to make this you know merger happen or make it fast or anything like that. But uh, I, I do think that Rory's right in the fact that if they do want to make uh, golf better, that, that they could come together and maybe figure something out. Maybe even just get some scheduling worked out. I don't necessarily think that the tutors have to combine necessarily, but if they could both at least get on the same page, I feel like that'd be better instead of them just feuding at each other all the time. Yeah, and T-Dub, why in the world would Live Golf want to get rid of Greg Norman? He's basically succeeded against all odds, and the only reason why Rory McIlroy doesn't want to have conversations with Greg Norman is because of all the stuff that Rory McIlroy has said about Greg Norman in the past about how he's not going to succeed and. Greg Norman, to me, is is definitely winning this little debate or little uh, tussle between Greg Norman and Rory McIlroy. And the main thing on why you don't get rid of Greg Norman, T-Dub, is the PGA Tour is going to have to talk to Liv eventually, whether Greg Norman is at the helm or not. You, you would think you would have to at, at some point, truly. And, and yes, at the end of the day, there are going to have to be some, some meetings that are gone down and, and just have some things worked out. At the end of the day, but but no, these two tours I do think can coexist if they want to, and and, and I hope that that ends up being happening. And at the end of the day, we, we have to sit down and be realistic about it. The only reason that they would actually sit down and work it out is not for the betterment of golf; it's for if they can both each other make more money off of it. That, that's mm-hmm. what the bottom the bottom line is. So if there's if the PGA Tour feels like that having Lib is going to dilute the amount of money they're going to make, then they probably aren't aren't going to meet, but I feel like Liv, especially in the in the needs of a, of a TV deal, would be exceptionally willing to, to want to talk to TJ Turner and maybe get something um, worked out there. So definitely still a lot of moving parts of this, Sam. And uh, it's, it's uh, we put it this way. We, we've talked how much about golf has changed from 2021 to 2022. And I think it's it maybe not to the same extent, but it's going to keep evolving over the next five or ten years. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about it, T-Dub. Let's switch gears a little bit. The U.S. announced their Walker Cup practice session team uh, set for December 15th through the 18th in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, I remember talking to Quade Cummins and Austin Eckert when they went down there. The practice session was one of their favorite things. It's just a gathering of all the greatest amateurs from the United States, and it's a really cool deal uh, that they do. But they also uh, go down and, and kind of get their games in shape and so the the guys selected for the practice session are Evan Beck he's 32 years old uh, from Virginia Beach Michael Brennan 20 years old Wake Forest Jr. David Ford who we've talked a little bit about the North Carolina sophomore he's 20 years old 
Nicholas Gabrelchik, uh, 20 years old, of Trinity, Florida. He goes to North Florida. He's a junior there. Stuart Hagestad, uh, who, by the way, is only 31 years old. I feel like Stuart Hagestad has to at least be 40, T-Dub. Uh, what do you think about that? I, I can't believe he's only yeah, 31 I, years old. I, yeah, we need to see a birth certificate on Stuart Hagestad. <laughs> I, I, I'm not believing he's only 31. I, I would have put the over and under at least 38. Stuart Hagestad is like the 16-year-old kid from the Dominican that plays in the Little League World Series, right? 100%. 100 yeah. But guess what? The, the guy still goes out there and wins, dude. That's the thing. That guy's a stud. Even though he does use the long putter, that guy's good. Absolutely. Then you have Derek Hitchner, who we've seen in the national championship for Pepperdine. He's a graduate student at Pepperdine, 23 years old. Uh, Palmer Jackson, 21 years old. Uh, Notre Dame senior Benjamin James, 17 years old. He is the youngest of the guys selected. Uh, he is a freshman at the University of Virginia. Uh, Bryce Lewis, 22 years old uh, from Tennessee. He's a junior there. Dylan Minetti, who we've talked a whole lot about, North Carolina senior, kind of leading that team uh, in being the best team in the nation right now in the NCAA. Uh, Maxwell Moldovan, uh, he is uh, 20 years old, goes to Ohio State. He's a junior. Gordon Sargent, 19 years old. Uh, Vanderbilt sophomore, he won uh, the national championship individually uh, for Vanderbilt. Uh, Cole Sherwood, he's 20 years old from Vanderbilt. He's from Austin, Texas. He's a senior. Um, and then Ross Steelman, 21 years old from Atlanta, goes to Georgia Tech. Caleb Surratt, who we saw finish second in the U.S. Junior Amateur to uh, the kid from China, you know, T-Dub Surratt. He's a Tennessee freshman, 18 years old. Really impressive young guy. And then Michael Torby Ornson uh, from uh, Massachusetts, but he goes to Stanford. Uh, He's a junior at Stanford, T-Dub. A lot of great golfers and great names on that list. I I look to see the U.S. kind of dominate the Walker Cup again. Yeah, and one question I had when I was reading the list was was that, you know, where are some names like, like Sam Bennett, Austin Greaser, Travis Vick, guys that, that I felt thought would be sure ends of the team? And then I looked up and saw that the Walker Cup 2023 is actually at the old course of St. Andrews, but it doesn't take place until September. So I figured all if, you're, if you see some names that you thought would be there that aren't, it's probably because they're going to turn pro yep. um, before, before the fact. So that, that's the way I interpreted it. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely a stellar team. Um, going across the pond, who knows uh, the internationals? If he doesn't decide to go pro, which he probably will, Lubbock Aberg is is a phenomenal, is number one From in the Texas wagger Tech, right now. Obviously, won the Big Twelves. Hundred percent. I would expect him uh, to go pro, but you look at the other wagger, and there's just Americans lined up and down there. So yeah, I expect the uh, the Americans to have another a uh, very uh, good performance over at St Andrews, which we just saw for for this last year's Open. But uh, I can't get enough of St Andrews. I'm gonna love every minute of it. No doubt about it, T-Dub. I want to tell everybody about our friends at Quail Creek Bank. They've been in business for over 50 years, and they are the best bank in Oklahoma City. No ATM fees, and they have personal guidance to help you achieve your financial goals. Go visit our friends at Quail Creek Bank. Woody knows them personally, and they will definitely get you taken care of. T-Dub, let's get to our 
Bedlam Draft. And what we are going to do on this draft, T-Dub, is draft 12-man teams. 12 men, 12 men for me and 12 men for T-Dub, like a Ryder Cup. And we're choosing out of former or current players on the Oklahoma Sooners squad or the Oklahoma State Cowboys squad. You can choose from either team in the history of their golf teams, T-Dub. I'll give you the first pick in this draft. Uh, Who are you going to go with with the number one overall pick for the Bedlam draft? So, So, Sam, I just want to clarify the criteria. Uh, of our draft here. So are we going off how they were in their college career or how they did as a pro? Like, like, are we doing overall career? What's the criteria for, for our draft here? I don't know. What do you think we should do, T-Dub? I, I think that considering it's the Bedlam draft, let's go based mainly off of college career. But it, I don't know. Do you want to do the pro career as well? I'm fine with either. Well, the, the the problem is is that you get down into the likes of you know Scott Verplank, Bob Tway, even even great legends like Greer Jones or, or guys at OU like Todd Hamilton, Andrew McGee. Th- those were those were past my time of knowing how well they did in college. So I'll do the best that I can. But okay. uh, we'll, you know, like we'll sometimes you get that distinct all encompassing. Then okay, I, I like that better. That that works. That works best for me. Okay. Well, who are you going with with your first pick? I feel like I got to go with the uh, only one on the list that I believe has won a major championship. I got to take Bob Tway. T-Dub, I figured you might go with Bob Tway as the top pick mainly because of the major, but the things we saw Scott Verplank do, win a U.S. Amateur, obviously never got the major, but won a ton of money, played in Ryder Cups on the PGA Tour, and T-Dub, he is one of few who have won a PGA Tour event as an amateur. I think there's a bigger argument there than you might realize for the top spot for Scott Verplank. I'm going Scott Verplank with my second pick. And let's just say that it's probably going to be the toughest choice we had in in all of (laughs) it because if you would have had the first pick, I just would have taken the other two that you didn't because, you know, Scott Verplank, you mentioned the amateur, but he also had the – the same, uh, you know, with the Ryder Cup too, which is something that that can't be overshadowed. But and, and I did mention that Bob Toy has uh, has the major win. But Verplank has as many. They both have, I believe, seven top tens in majors. I maybe one off on, on one of them. So pretty similar careers, all in all. It's just something about winning that major, Sam. Just once put me to propel him over the top. But also too for the counter argument. Scott Verplank won the USM, which many would consider to be a major at that point. So it's uh, especially because he won out at Oak Tree National. So yep. definitely was a hard choice. I, I just, I, in all honesty, it was a flip a coin type of situation. All right, who do you, who do you uh, go with for your second pick? I am going with one of the biggest letdown careers of all time with my second pick. You'd be like, why in the world are you doing this? But he was so good in college and so good first came out, and maybe just by the grace of God, we'll get to see him play golf again. Give me the best golfer in uh, Oklahoma University of Oklahoma's history, Anthony Kim. Wow. Going Anthony Kim with your second pick. That opens the door for me a little bit. T-Dub, do you consider this a flyer considering uh, he's still right in the middle of his prime? I think I'm going to go with my second pick. I'm going Victor Hovland. And since it's all-encompassing, we can kind of predict the future a little bit with Victor Hovland as well, but he's already off to a really hot start and obviously has the national championship. Now, he doesn't have the individual national championship because his teammate Matthew Wolf has one. So, I don't know. I'm going Victor Hovland with my second pick. 
So we got a little bit of Ghost of Christmas Past vibe, you know, where you got the, the ghost from the past, the present, and the future type thing. So, no, I, I don't mind that at all. No, if we want to do all-encompassing, yeah, you can hope on the future. Because like I mentioned earlier, I'd buy stock in, in Victor Hovland right now. I feel like it's gone up a decent amount. So you've opened up the door for me to take Matt Wolf if you want. But I feel like I have to take this pick while he's still on the board. Give me the best putter of all time, Willie Wood. Going Willie Wood. Interesting. I, I don't hate it. Obviously, Willie's one of my favorite guys of all time, and I think that people don't realize that he literally would have PGA Tour players come up to him and ask for a putting lesson. That's how amazing this guy was at putting. You have Ben Crenshaw and Willie Wood, who most guys from that era would say are the best putters. I, it's it's like when we had Willie Wood uh, on the podcast. I, I one thing I mentioned to him is like I, I ask players all the time. I try to figure out you know who's the best driver, best iron player, best best putter you've ever seen. And eighty percent of players I've asked say Willie Wood is the best putter they've ever seen. It's like unanimous at this point that he, that he's the best. So if I got him as my third pick, Sam, I'm 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 loving every minute of it. T Dub. I, with my third pick, am going to go with Mr. Consistent. Give me Charles Howell the third. Oh, I For wanted my him. third pick, it's very fitting being my third pick. Give me Chucky three sticks. Who are you going with next? You know, I, I probably wouldn't take this guy next, but I, I, I have a feeling you might swipe him out of my feet next pick. So I'm going to pick him. Give me Ricky. Interesting. You're going Ricky. Now, had a great college career. Um, obviously left early right now he's kind of had an up and down pro career um, he was one of the best players and revolutionized the game of golf in different ways off the course so I definitely don't hate it um, I, I honestly can't believe I picked him but here I am <laughs> absolutely uh, T-Dub with my fourth pick I am going to go mm, this is hard this is very very hard uh, I think I'm going to go with, I'm between two guys right now. Go ahead and give me uh, Matthew Wolf. So you're going with the Young Buck team, Sam, as well. So I thought I was going young with my no. Anthony Kim, Ricky Fowler, and you're just blowing it away with Hovland and Wolf. Yeah, but my point is I'm going with guys who won a national championship at Oklahoma State. Uh, you're 100% right, and, and that's a that's a very good, um, good, good route to go, and I could go. Uh, down that route as well, but I feel like I can get a little bit of value on, on some guys later down uh, the road here. Let me scroll through my list, see who I want to take next. You know what, Sam? I messed up earlier, so I'm going to go ahead and pick him here. I said Bob Tway was the only one on my list who had won a major, and I completely missed it. So I'm going to take the two major champions. Give me Todd Hamilton. That's right. I, I was kind of thinking that when you said it, but I, I figured you meant from Oklahoma State. Um, I like that pick. Let's say that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what you meant. Um, Man, I've picked a lot of OSU guys, T-Dub. I feel like I might need to go the OU route. Um, and sticking with the kind of vibe of my team, man, it, do I do this right now? Give me Abraham answer. Oh, going with Honest Abe, okay. With That's my fifth pick. pick. I like it. Who are you going with your sixth pick, T-Dub? My sixth pick. I am going to scroll through here. Let me see. I could probably get him a little bit later in the draft, I think. So I'm going to go – give me Bo Van Pelt. Bo Van Pelt's a very good pick. I thought I might be able to get him a little bit later on. Uh, Bo Van Pelt, obviously, I feel like a lot of people forget that he went to Oklahoma State just because he lives in Tulsa. At least from this part of the state, we might sleep on him a little bit as being one of the greats from Oklahoma State. 
Um, <laughs> do, do I do this again, T-Dub? Do I, I do this again? I don't again? see why not. I think you should. Give me I'm not even Gooch. sure what you're referring to. Ah, oh, okay. I like it. I do like it. I thought about going because I I knew you were going to swipe him up, baby. I knew you were. I thought I might be able to get him in in somewhere, but uh, not not this time. You know what? Let me scroll through here. I honestly can't believe these two have lasted this long. So I'll go ahead and take one of them. I flip a coin here, just the first one on top of my list. Give me uh, Danny Edwards. Danny Edwards. That's a great pick. Um, a great pick. Obviously saw him inducted into the Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame and his story is unbelievable with the race car driving and all of it. Uh, The guy could do anything. Uh, Grew up playing at Quail Creek uh, here in Oklahoma City. That means that T-Dub, I have to pick between a lot of good players here. Um, Now it gets hard. It gets very, very hard, T-Dub. Uh, I think I have to go back to the Oklahoma State route. Give me Morgan Hoffman. Okay. I had it on my list. And that, that's someone that, like, doesn't matter who, who you like, OU or OSU, you're rooting for that guy to, to make a comeback with everything. No doubt about it. Through. Just the whole story. It's an all-encompassing list. And... The thing about Morgan Hoffman is I feel like a lot of people forget that he was an absolute world beater in college. I mean, uh, that team was unbelievable back in the day. One of the best juniors of all time. Grew up at, played around the New Jersey area, I believe is where he's from. Uh, so I believe we each have, do we have eight picks, Sam, each now? That's so right. we have four left? By the way, T-Dub, I forgot or, or no, to write it no, down. Seven. No, we only have, we only have seven because I wrote down my, my other pick. So yeah, we have That's seven. right. We have seven. Who is your sixth pick, T-Dub? Bo Van Pelt. Bo Van Pelt, that's Edwards. right. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Bo Van Pelt, yeah. So my next pick, Danny Edwards, I couldn't believe you didn't take him next pick. I got to take David. I got to have the brothers on my team, man. That's that's right. The brothers, that might be a nice little play if we're doing a Ryder Cup style uh, match That's what here. I'm thinking. I, man, yeah, I, to, I got I to steal there. I need to go a little bit older here with my list. Um, man, there's just so many great players from both schools I think, T-Dub, I need to go a little bit older. I, I'm going to wait on a couple guys that I'm thinking about going. Give me – I'm going to go with a guy, and I think it might surprise you a little bit. Give me Hunter Mahan. Okay. No, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's a, that's a very good pick. All I right. actually some I actually somehow didn't write him down. I might have actually taken him already if, had I done that. Because he was – People forget how good he was no, back he was probably 10, 15 years ago. He, he was absolutely unbelievable. So this kind of leaves the door open for my next pick, Sam. I'll go ahead and pick a pro. I feel like you might swipe him up. Give me Alex Noren. Alex Noren. That is a really solid pick. Um, Maybe the number one player that people forget went to Oklahoma State. <laughs> that might be true. Now, that absolutely might be true. Um, Alex Noren with your ninth pick uh and then t-dub i will go with my ninth pick give me doug tool oh that's a good one and obviously went to oklahoma state and had a great champions tour career uh i i he used to go to my church t-dub uh here in oklahoma city at crossings i i mean i say used to but we talked to him all the time and uh one time I talked to him, and it was in the middle of winter. He says, I just went out to Arizona, played golf for the first time in a couple months, and shot 59. And he's like, he was like wow. 60 years old at the time. <laughs> the guy is one <laughs> of the most talented guys of all time. That, that, that is absolutely 
unbelievable stuff there. I'm going to go a little bit younger on this next pick, Sam. Honestly surprised you hadn't taken him at this point. Had, won the USA and one of the best uh, junior careers. We talked about Morgan Hoffman. He was on that team. Give me Peter Uline. Yes, that's a great pick. Peter Uline, I remember watching him at Oklahoma State in that national championship paired with Patrick Cantlay, and they were the top two guys coming out, and Peter Uline kind of revamping his career now with Liv. I really like that pick uh, there, T-Dub. Um, that means that it is about time for me to go the OU route. Now, it's obviously going to be recent if I go the OU route. Now, they won a national championship back in the 80s, but their best golf has come very, very recently. And who, to me, is the best out of all of those guys? Give me the Burley boy himself. One-third of the Burley boys. Give me Quade Cummins. Wow, okay. I, I don't mind the pick at all. I now, like I, I'm going younger. Quick. I'm going younger. You, you definitely are going younger. So I'm going to go the exact opposite uh, of what you did, Sam. I'm going to go extremely old here. Give me one of the best college golf coaches of all time. Give me Greer Jones. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to go either uh, – I thought you were either going to go Holder or Labron Harris. You know, the Labron Harris quote is one of the greatest of all time. Now, Greer Jones, obviously a legend. I don't know if he ever had a quote like this. He, Labron Harris, uh, I was told by a former Oklahoma State golfer, uh, told them one time that the horse who shits the first doesn't always shit the most. <laughs> so if you, play, if you play bad in the first round, you might not uh, be out of the golf tournament, I think is what he was trying to portray there. <laughs> that, that is one hell of an analogy. I, I don't. I would like to meet anyone who has a better quote than that. That's pretty hard to beat. <laughs> and obviously, uh, when talking about Greer Jones, Jack Nicholas said one time that he was one of the more talented guys that he ever played against back in the day. Um, T-Dub, let me go Oklahoma State with this one. There's a lot of great names left, and we only have two choices left. Um interesting let me go with a guy that another guy that I feel like a lot of people forget went to Oklahoma State and obviously battled Tiger in a very very famous PGA give me Bob May wow I did forget he went to Oklahoma State wow that that okay no he, he trumps Alex Norn as number one <laughs> and forgets went to Oklahoma State it, like there's no doubt about that wow that, that my mind is honestly kind of blown because it's like I knew that but I had forgotten it like that is unbelievable but no that's a hell of a pick I would I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years because I totally forgot so give me my next one I have a lot of choices here I could make with my last pick Sam I could go with Jonathan Moore uh, an OSU player who won mm -hmm. national title back in 2004. Uh, could go with guys like Kevin Twelve. Pablo Martin was a great player um, for us. You could even go back to uh, Mike Holder, uh, Mark Hayes, any, any of those guys. Could go the OU route. Could go with someone like uh, Hunter Hawes or, or even a friend of the show, Kelsey Klein, who I thought about taking with my last pick. But uh, he, this guy's still on the board, so I have to take him. The only player to ever make a par four in a PJ Tour tournament, give me Andrew McGee. Yes, make a hole-in-one on a par four, and it hit off somebody's putter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and we don't have video of it either. That's the thing. You have video of his swing and like the the player's reaction, but the camera's not low enough to see the ball go in. So it's one of the craziest things that we have like partial video of, but we never saw it happen. So it's extremely weird. And another player for you, I forgot to mention here, great player Grant Wake could have taken him as well. He was uh, famous for battling Tiger 
at the, the 2000 RBC for one of Tiger's more famous shots where he hit the uh, six iron out of the bunker over the pond. Wow, T-Dub. I do not know who to go with here. There's just so many. Well, I only listed off like 10 guys there who I didn't pick. (laughs) You can pick one of them. (laughs) I know, and there's even more that we haven't mentioned. Uh, Man, this is hard. Uh, I mean, you have guys that are just on the cutting room floor like Jordan Niebrugge and um, a bunch of younger guys, obviously, Christopher Ventura and then – you can even go. You could to, go. You could go. Goddard up, Chris Goddard up. You could. I could go. Goddard up. Obviously. If you're going, to, if you're going with the, if you're going with future, he is probably the pick here, honestly. Yeah, but he only played there for one year, and it's a good point. Good point. Um, I mean, you could go Hank Keeney, Trip Keeney. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. He, great... Hank only played. He only played there for a year, though. He right. went to SMU after that. Right. You're exactly right. Um. Gosh, T Dub, I do not know who to go with with this last pick. Let me go back to. My I have a feeling. I have a feeling some of our listeners are going to throw out there that that we missed missed some obvious well, names, def- and that, that might be the case. We're, we definitely missed some obvious names. Um, give me Charlie Coe. Oh, nice! I do like that one. I had to go old about school it. with it. So you did. You you went young with most of your team. <laughs> I had to put the, the Stuart Hagestad <laughs> on my team. <laughs> you need a veteran. You, you're like the Thunder. You have too many young guys. That's that's exactly right, T Dub. Uh, so uh, T Dub, your team is Bob Tway, Anthony Kim, Willie Wood, Ricky Fowler, Todd Hamilton, Bo Van Pelt, Danny Edwards, David Edwards, Alex Noren, Peter Uline, Greer Jones. Um, and who was your last pick, T-Dub? I never wrote it down. Andrew McGee. Andrew McGee. That's a good pick. Uh, there. And then mine were Scott Verplank, Victor Hovland, Charles Howe III, Matthew Wolf, Abe Anser, Taylor Gooch, Morgan Hoffman, Hunter Mahan, Doug Toole, Quade Cummins, Bob May, and Charlie Coe, uh, T-Dub. So we will tweet these out and see who our listeners think would win a Ryder Cup match between these two teams, T-Dub. That was fun. Do you have any other names that might be on the cutting room floor? Uh, one uh, used to be my roommate. If we're talking college, that's Brad Dalkey. Uh, uh, Brad Dalkey, uh, you could go a bunch of recent guys with OU, like Max McGreevy, um, I mean, Grant Hirschman. Logan McAllister. Yeah, Logan McAllister. There's a ton of guys uh, from OU recently. Uh, we didn't even mention Eugenio Lopez Chikara from Oklahoma State. I was about to say him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, went with, I, went with Bob, I went with Bob Tway first. You could get with his son, Kevin Tway, one yeah, of the U.S. juniors. Oh, my gosh. We didn't even put Kevin Tway on this list. Are you kidding me? Oh man, that's a that, that's a big miss. That's a big miss on our part. This, this is hard, T Dub. I I, 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 wouldn't. I, I like all my twelve over Kevin Tway. No offense, Kevin Tway, but I, I like my. <laughs> I I man, listen stack. I I think where I messed up, and depending on what you consider this list being, I probably drafted Morgan Hoffman a little bit too high, just because I love his story so much. Right. And, and and that plays a little bit into it as well. And and but also too, you made up a good point. He was so good in, in as an amateur in college that oh, that the illness distracted from that with how good he was. Unbelievable. I mean, you you had him, you had him, Peter Uline, and Kevin Tway on, on the same team, Sam. I mean, that's uh, 
it, it still boggles my mind that they yeah. didn't win the national. Cup. And then there's other guys off that national championship team from Oklahoma State, like an Austin Eckroat, uh, who just got his PGA Tour card. Obviously, you know, I, I feel like everybody. Um, on this, well, I mean, I put Quaid on my list, but that's because I wanted to put someone from OU. Um, but it's debatable whether Quaid or Ekro had a better college career. And obviously, Ekro has that PGA Tour card now. You know, it's it's a tough it, it's a tough deal. It really is. I mean, it's like splitting you know, hairs here. It's really it's not objective. It's subjective. Well, it's like it's so funny because after we we just had the debate to start off with, you know, Scott Scott or, or Bob Tway. And it, it, or Scott Burr playing Bob Twice, Scott Bob's brother, so that could have came off as listening differently. But those two, but then after that, it, it's pretty subjective, is it not? I know I went Anthony Kim with my next pick, and had he played his full career, he probably would have been up there. But uh, as you get past those first two, Sam, it's pretty much a wide open race going all the way down, even to players that we didn't pick. No doubt, no doubt about it. It's pretty, pretty amazing, and definitely tweet at us and tell us how stupid we are uh, for the guys that we forgot. Sorry about it, but. What's Sam, that, Sam, I, I want. Well, I really want. Uh, I don't know exactly how we'd make it happen, but I would love to hear the Hump Man's uh, OU OSU team because he's been involved in it so much longer. To hear some of the names that he would pick, I feel like would be very entertaining. I guarantee you, his list would be a whole lot different than mine. And obviously, we came, <laughs> yeah. we came up with this idea uh, last night, and so. I don't know. It, it, it was one of those deals where I didn't necessarily really dive into the history of each guy. And, you know, he won this many times and and he, you know, won the national championship in college and, and all the individual wins in college. So we didn't do a whole lot of research here, but we just thought it would be a fun deal and, and uh, listeners would be able to interact with it. Right, T-Dub? Yeah, and it, it was just, it was really fun for me and really fun, you know, just, just to do something like this. You know, and whenever I first started, we first had this idea, I was like, man, I know there's a lot of good players, but, but are we going to be able to fit, uh, t- you know, 24 names out here? And it's like, God damn, we, we could add Woody, we could add Colby, we could add Huntman on, we still could have filled out his Ryder Cup team. <laughs> That's absolutely right, T Dub. Thank you for joining the 73rd hole today. Definitely go visit our friends at Quail Creek Bank and our friends at GolfOklahoma.org. Kim McLeod and Chris Swafford doing a great job up there. And follow at the 73rd hole on Twitter and at 73rd hole on Instagram. And also hit that subscribe button. It's the purple button on Apple and the green button on Spotify. T-Dub, thank you so much. This has been Sam Humphreys here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of golf oklahoma